And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 160 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Welcome back. Welcome. Why, thank you. Yeah. It has been a while. How's everybody doing this week? Oh. Excellent. Yeah, That's not it's true good. At all, good week. <laughs> good week. It's, it's good. Cool. How about you, Alex? Uh, I am good. I am enjoying being out of rehearsal for a minute, catching my breath after after closing Little Women. Um, post-show recovery? I, is that what we're in? Yes. Okay. Well, post-show recovery slash also reading like a dozen scripts before a play selection committee meeting okay. next week for the play selection committee I'm running for that same theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps if I've read the scripts we're going to discuss. Well, that usually sense. does help, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've also caught up on a bunch of like the CW superhero stuff. Ah, the stuff good. that I didn't fall so far behind on that I couldn't catch up at least. And uh yeah, I'm I'm alive. <laughs> I'm a little bummed I saw an article that CW and Netflix uh, contracts changing again, so uh, I don't think it affects anything that's coming out or that just ended this time around, but uh maybe the new shows aren't going to be on Netflix, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's so wonky anymore. It's, I mean... It's exhausting. We don't need all these streaming services. It's fine. It's there's fine. that part of me that's like, I'm just going to keep buying stuff on DVD, and this is the reason why I just keep buying stuff on DVD. <laughs> that's uh, a fair yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you've got you to gotta know that DC's and Disney's streaming services are going to affect this. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I also subscribe to these services. It's more just like, I don't know, there are shows I love that aren't anywhere. Like, I don't think Fringe is streaming anywhere. Uh, no, not right now. I think it used to. No, it used to be because I'm I've been watching it recently. Oh, where is it streaming? Uh, I I want to say Netflix, but maybe not. I don't know. On, it had I'm, disappeared for a while because, like, this time last year, I tried to get Tim to watch it, and it wasn't anywhere that I could find. Yeah, I've, I was watching it about two two weeks ago or so. Okay, stand by. Hang on, fringe. It's streaming on IMDb Free Dive. Uh, which is, I think, also shows, because of that, also shows on, like, uh, uh, Amazon Prime, I think. Oh, meanwhile, yeah. hashtag save the tick. Amazon has decided not to renew the tick, so let's use that panelology secret <laughs> magic, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna go. lie, I've only watched one episode of the tick. I liked what I saw, but... Uh, you gotta you gotta watch. That's how they know you want it more. I, I don't watch a lot on Amazon Prime, period. Yeah, so, I think that's the problem. Yeah. Alright, let's talk comics. Now that we have gently segued from TV via the tick back to something comics-y. Uh, <laughs> Aquaman, number 48. We, uh, we learn the origin of Aquaman and <laughs> how he came to be Andy. Yep. 
and who apparently killed him, leading to his becoming Andy. Uh, yeah, I was not, uh, which, you know, if you look back at all of the things that led up to this and the prophecy and that whole thing, maybe this makes sense. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, murdered him or just, well, you know, these decisions led to his demise kind of question, maybe. Yeah, okay, I do have to say, how, like, perfectly apropos was it that the kind of guardian spirit person of the aquatic underworld essentially is a giant shark i mean it's the most kelly sue deconic decision (laughs) that is absolutely i mean i saw oh this giant this giant like keeper of knowledge is a shark okay yes kelly sue wrote this (laughs) that is 100 percent on brand and i approve yes um But yeah, I just kind of assumed that, like, if it was a he died thing, then it was, okay, well, the events of the Drowned Earth. Right. Uh, So Maybe not. I am curious to see what this extra layer is. Yeah. Can we talk about the art in this, though? Because the art is so good. You know what? I was just looking at it going, and we should talk about the art. (laughs) We should talk about the art. Um, Like, I, in particular, like, I had to stop halfway through this issue. There's this, like, double-page spread of, like, glowing orbs of memory in this inky black see yeah and look up who the colorist was yeah it's a colorist named sunny go gho who i immediately then turned around and followed on twitter the colors in this are very good yeah and who's the artist alec do you have it uh not in front of me Uh, i will get it then Uh, i want to say victor bogdanovich okay that's what i was thinking but yes um, i mean since we mentioned the art we should say who yes yes I was getting there. I was starting with the colors. Look for no, once. Good. Let's let's name the colorist first. There's a couple <laughs> of cool layout things to just like how they yeah. like. There's that one double page spread of just the big mouth with uh-huh. him tiny in front. Like that's just super cool. Yeah, I mean, this is a really like. Let's go back and tell everyone what happened and give backstory issues are, I think, a really careful balancing act. Yeah, like, that can easily fall into, like, a nostalgia, Yeah, we don't need it thing, yeah. And some of that's in the writing, but I think, like, really good art and really good layouts make that flow more than feel like a slog and this flows really really well because of those layouts yep um do you think his decision to take back more of his memories even though he risks being changed by it will blow up in his face because i mean i don't see why mention it if not but the answer has to be of course yes and no right Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably blows up in his face, but it probably also gives him whatever is necessary to overcome whatever blows up in his face. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine him not knowing who Mara is, so it has to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But also, please don't hurt Arthur and Mara. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I don't know. The the relationship force is not strong in the DC universe right now. (laughs) Well... Yeah, but if anyone can make it, those two crazy kids can. Uh, maybe so, maybe so. That are Tim and Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xena, Warrior Princess number two, Meg. I enjoyed this. I uh, was not a fan of, or I just didn't watch Xena in the 90s. I was a little young when it came out, and I think by the time I realized it was on, it was over, and it hasn't streamed. So I was really excited that the trend of bringing 90 TV shows back as comics is Xena. Um, and I really enjoyed this issue. It made me laugh. You know, um, the Romans are attacking this town and, and they're given an impossible task that, that was amazing how it was handled. Um, yeah, I'm really on board for this. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Same thing for me. Like, 
definitely too young, not allowed to watch Xena. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm enjoying this. It's it's. I'm curious to see how the the uh, political infighting between the gods blows over. Like I love that angle, and we get yeah. a good deal of that at the end of this issue. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I I need to catch up on all who my gods are because I got a feeling that. Um, if I had understood more who was involved, it probably would have been an even better issue. So, uh, but I'm I mean, a the, little off on my Greek gods. The good news is that Discord and Strife do what their names say. I mean, yes, they do. Yes, but uh, and I think one is the other's child. Was I think at one okay. point someone mentioned like, "Hey, that's my mother Strife or my mother Discord." I forget which one's which. Gotcha. And then who's the guy at the end that says she's going to kill me? I assumed it was like a brother, but uh, was it one of the two gods who passed judgment? Uh, no. It seems like. Um... Oh no! I think that was Strife. Like okay. short cropped black hair. I don't remember. And my issues on the ground oh. on the other side of the desk. I dropped it. So. Yeah, I think that was Strife, because Discord and Strife had had an argument earlier on, and Strife was like, uh, you've broken our deal, I'm gonna go get revenge, Kay thinks bye, and then Strife shows up with Zeus and War and Love to yeah. pass judgment, I, and I'm pretty sure, because it was the same, uh, the same stylizing of speech balloons, black background, white border, white text. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that was Strife again. Yeah, I'll be glad to uh, uh, to read all of this at once. Um, but I think it is a really great, uh, the last thing I read by, it's Vita, right? Yep. Um, was submerged. And so I'm very excited to get kind of a more yeah. playful and light kind of comic for now. So yeah. um, um, What's the other book that was out this week that they wrote? Uh... I didn't know there was another one. Oh, Livewire. They're oh, writing I would grab that. Livewire, which is ongoing, six issues in. Yeah, anything they write, I love. Yeah. Uh, how about Fair Lady? Which I did not read, but you two did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you, you've read the first one also, Meg? I re- no, I, I oh. have it. But oh, okay. the, the thing I liked about this was that it, you yep. didn't necessarily need to read the first one. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and read the first one. But each issue, it specifically says on the cover, is a contained mystery. It is, and, and that's actually that's specifically why I asked. I was I was curious. I wanted to get your take if you had not how easy it was to get into this. Uh, it was very easy to get into. Uh, I'm very curious about our main character's background. She's uh, the fair lady, yeah. and uh, I am curious about the war and everything that happened. Um, I'm not sure if that's all explained in issue one or if it, that's it, one. It is not. It okay. is essentially you're given the blurb, kind of the, the solicitation text of she she disguised herself as a man in order to fight in the war. And the right. soldiers that come back from the war can petition and, and get a license to become a, in most cases, a fair man, which is essentially like a bounty hunter or special police type person. Yeah, there's and not a PI essentially. A PI. Yeah, 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 that is a good cross between the two, I think. Yeah, um, but it is kind of hinted in this issue that the there's a lot of corruption going on. Yeah, um, and that maybe the people that um, give out these licenses, for lack of a better term, um, aren't the best people. And Correct. Corruption all around. Um, but I do like it's. It, it kind of reminded me of Ice Cream Man, where like I don't necessarily have to pick up every issue. But when I remember that it's, or when I happen to be in a comic book store the week it comes out, I definitely will be 
grabbing whatever's whatever's there. Yes, so. uh, yeah, and I, I I'm really I am also really even even though I've read the first one, and I'm really enjoying that these are all self-contained, just because you don't have to remember as much from issue to issue, and that's a great relief on my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I like. There are some clear ties. She's staying with a wizard, if I remember correctly, like in a wizard's tower. Yes. a really, really cool tower. And uh... it, it, that piece, uh, there, and I don't know when it struck me. It struck me at some point while reading this that it was that it's very much like a Magnum PI kind of move because yeah. the wizard that owns this tower is like not here. Yeah, they're like gone, but like they've invited. Uh, her to stay at their tower while they're out yeah, and there I, is still a caretaker like a you know essentially the the servant kind of person of the tower that's right. still there though so it, very much like a magnum pi kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah i really really enjoy it and i'm very curious about this world and i think that speaks a lot about you know a comic that they haven't given much of anything about this world and it may not be necessary but i'm so curious as to what has happened yeah i could easily see a different like separate six issue series that talks more about like the kind of a prequel that talks about the war and yeah. what happened and yeah the war was it with dragons so who was the war with yeah dragons <laughs> died out a long time ago and i think or... part of it is there's a super cool curiosity about some of the things that they just drop and let's sit there like yeah like this whole town is in jen and i talked about this last time this whole town is in like the carcass of this giant robot kind of thing oh sweet yeah like, like, like if her you house is an east left hand yeah yeah and or like you know the the central police precinct whatever is like in the torso piece it's like so yeah it's like where did this come from and how what what? yeah it's like it doesn't matter right exactly but it's fascinating and i'm entirely here for but yeah it opens up the the mystery is a woman is looking for her husband he's a fair man and he is presumed dead and apparently the story was that he died by dragon and dragons haven't been seen for many many years um i don't know i just the way that the mystery laid out mm-hmm. like you don't need to know and and the less you know kind of makes it even better yeah so. it, it really is almost like an episode of like a, a kind of a detective tv show yeah or, yeah i mean it's laid out in that you know yeah you get some pieces as you go along and then yeah you get the wrap up at the end yeah so if you need a comic that you're just like oh god i really 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 don't want to read a thousand back issues to understand what's going on x-men um, then this is for you. <laughs> Are you saying X-Men is complicated? I am saying that I have listened to enough of Miles and Jay explain the X-Men to, and still reading through the X-Men. I'm like, uh, who is this again? Yeah, the the Marvel mutant universe is a, it, it should be its own universe. Just about, it is. Yeah. Hickman is coming. <laughs> Orphan Age number two. Uh, so we did not talk about Orphan Age number one when it came out, although we did spend a minute on it in solicitations. This is the uh, Aftershock series from Ted Anderson, who worked on Moth and Whisper uh, and Nuno Plati about the world 20 years after all the adults just died, um, which gives it a little bit of an animosity vibe, right? Because there's this rebuilding society or society has been more or less rebuilt right. element. Um, and the kids who were kids then are adults now and have their own children. 
the first issue kind of is the setup for for everything else that's going on. There's this small town. Uh, it focuses on the mayor of this town and his daughter, Princess. And this writer comes through who's been injured. And the mayor saves him and takes him into the medic. And he says, hey, look, the church is coming. You guys have to get out of here now. And then the church shows up. And the church is this, like, sprawling gang that just comes in and converts who it can and kills everyone else. Sorry. So, uh, accurately named? Yeah. Um... (laughs) Who publishes this? Aftershock. Okay, uh, that explains why it didn't it didn't pop up on my list. Yeah. Um. And that issue ends with this stranger and princess and this other like kind of cool, quiet, badass woman, uh, like riding off, escaping the town to get princess who has a plan, some kind of plan. We don't even really know to do what. We just know she has a plan, and they need to get her to Albany. Heading out to go to Albany. Um, issue two sees them stopping for supplies in the greatest gift that our parents left for us, a mall. I was going to say, but, you know, I'm just so over the whole we've got to get the person to Albany story. I just... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time, <laughs> right? Every time someone said, "I've got to, we've got to go back, body. We've got to get to Albany." <laughs> um, you really, really don't want to make a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Then, no, uh, you do not. <laughs> uh, and we get. I mean, th- this gets more into like the the ethics of the world after the adults disappeared. The guy who runs them all basically says, "Look, you have three kinds of people. You have the people who." immediately went out and broke all the rules and ate the candy and those were the kids who died first then you have the ones who are like okay we need to go stock up on flour and sugar and learn to cook for ourselves and bake for ourselves and those kids lasted a little longer then you have the ones who bought the tool or who went out and took the tools and learned to build and to make and they're the ones who survived oh you were one of them oh no i took the whole damn store Um, the world building in this and the character in this are really, really solid. Uh, I'm not a big Western person, just like in terms of that sort of slow decompressed pacing that happens. Right. But this has the elements of that that I do like, the kind of, of situational elements that come with that. Um, it just moves at a, at a faster clip that, that I appreciate. But it's a really cool book. The art in this is absolutely gorgeous. Um... It's it's kind of a almost cartoony, like thick lines, desaturated colors, almost like cell shaded look to it. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. That western thing is always, and a lot of the post apocalyptic things have that same thing, where it's the you know society, specifically the controls of society, right, aren't yeah. there. So everyone kind of has to fend for themselves. Kind yeah, of thing. I mean. It's all basically a little bit Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah, right. Um, But I don't know. I really dig it. I strongly recommend it. I actually messaged Jen and was like, I know you're not on this week, but I missed this first issue and got caught up. And I think you'd really dig this and need to read it. Like, it's good (sighs) enough that I'm, I'm... pestering people about it yeah so. i may have to, i may have to pick this up which i, I like so much of aftershock stuff yeah so. i mean if nothing else like they're good about putting everything out in trade that's true that yeah it will be out in trade there's no doubt yeah sabrina the teenage witch uh so i was uh kind of on the fence about picking this up until i saw who was writing it kelly thompson yeah uh-huh. um and I, I never actually read a Sabrina comic that wasn't Chilling Adventures, so I was, I was doubly curious. Um, I already love what they're doing, yeah. uh, just straight up. So I actually ended up reading the first and second. Um, the first, obviously, there's a Wendigo and a giant squid. <laughs> I can't remember which one. 
Um, Some sort of cephalopod. Yeah. And so that's kind of how that issue ends. So this one opens up with Serena, Sabrina kind of being like WTF and her aunt being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we moved here because there's a lot of magical stuff going on. Like, So wait, I just want to be clear. Is it a Wendigo and a giant cephalopod of some kind? Or is it a giant Wendigo cephalopod? <laughs> Two different creatures. Okay. All right. So the Wendigo is uh, one of her classmates. We find out ah, it's the okay. mean girl. Um, we don't know who the octopus creature is, um, but when she goes to tell her aunts, they do the whole like map thing and they can't find a surge of magic that would be this creature. So they kind of are starting to think she's losing her mind. Um, Harvey finally asks her out, which is just always part of, I mean, Sabrina and Harvey are one of my OTPs. It's (laughs) always going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like where this is going. It's just enough of like the kitschy fun Sabrina with enough of like something dark's going on and that's cool yeah so and salem talks that's always great Nice. And this is a five-issue miniseries. Yep. Um, But who knows if it does well, maybe we'll get more. Yeah. Okay. Does Kelly Thompson have the same person do her art? Because I love the art of this too. And the issue is back behind my... I dropped like five issues behind my desk and it's... I got to move it later today. Um, But I love... Like, I I read Nancy Drew, um, The Trade, and like loved everything. But like the only thing I could talk about like ad nauseum is the fact that I love Nancy's hair. And that is kind of the same feeling with Sabrina. I don't yeah, think I, they're the it's same Veronica artist. Fish. Yeah, this is Veronica doing this. Yeah, okay. and that was uh, and Jin Saint Ange, yeah. I think. Okay, um, but I think they have very broadly similar styles and probably pay attention to those kinds of details in similar ways. Yeah, I just I really like it. Um, I like. I think the Veronica setup of Fish actually level. did. I think Veronica Fish did issue seven of the first run of Unstoppable Wasp. Oh, okay. Oh, very yeah, very that nice. could very well yeah. be. Um, so yeah, if it's it's fun, it's light, it's not chilling, it's not the horror Archie stuff. Um, but I I like I like what they're doing with the newer Archie stuff. Yeah, yep. now, the whole like new Archie line has been fun. I've kind of dropped yeah. in and out Same. here and there, but I haven't read anything that I've been like, this is not worth it. I mean, it's yeah. all been and, and really some cool. of it is fan like Josie and the Pussycats was amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Daredevil number five holy crap so this is i i assume the end of the first arc of this run well it's the end of something i can tell you that (laughs) and uh chip tweeted out uh, wednesday morning or sometime around then that this the thing that happens in this issue was his pitch to marvel for this series so if you read you know the first couple of issues and tapped out you haven't actually gotten to what the crux of Chip's run on this is. And um, I can see why Marvel bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before we call spoilers, because I think we have to. Oh, yeah, we will definitely have to. Um, the four issues that precede this, I think, are absolutely necessary to to earn what happens here. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't have this happen without that previously happening the alternative would have been to build it in as some kind of flashback which i think would read with an almost like post-traumatic vibe that i think is sort of the opposite of what would need to happen because this issue is like very much him coming to a form of acceptance right or at least it it seems that way um so i think you know structurally if you've heard if you just heard me say this is where it really starts it earns that and it's necessary and don't hold that against it but definitely do like give it one more shot with this issue because hot damn yeah agreed now spoilers oh. yeah okay so big spoilers so fast forward if you don't want to know 
or come back later. I mean, there are timestamps, and you can yeah. actually hit next chapter depending oh, on your right, podcast yeah, reader. And it'll there get, you go. Yeah, yeah. So, spoilers. After having in the last issue accepted, okay, yes, I am responsible for this man's death. I have to find a way to move on. Uh, Daredevil goes out to chase down uh, uh, the owl, stop some sort of drug or weapons deal. I forget which. It was a drug deal. Drug deal. Yeah. Yep. Hide the heroin. Um, and I, he's in no shape for it. He is. This is basically immediately after the last issue. He has been beaten down, literally beaten down repeatedly. Yes. And and he's wearing his devil hood and like he's got his red gloves and his pants, but he's still wearing the Punisher shirt that yep. he had to put on. That's got the big skull and cross skull on it. Yeah. And his, basically, Netflix's Defenders friends have to come save his ass. Yes. And he goes to confess to them after he comes to again, yeah, I'm responsible for this man's death. And their response is, look, we've all been there. How can we help you? What can we do? And his response is, oh shit, we're all murderers. I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like he thinks that they came after him to arrest him and take him in. Right. And so when he wakes up, he's like, I'm glad it's you guys that got, that came and are doing this. And, and they're like, no, you don't understand. Like we're not taking anywhere. We've all been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he leaves and he goes home and then he, he senses an intruder and it's Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah, look, they called me. They told me what's up. I've been there too. But also, you're done. Like, yeah, you're you're not in a place where you can deal with this and keep yeah. going. Like mentally, yeah. physically, emotionally, I am here to tell you it is time for you to tap out. Yeah. I hope someone will do this for me someday. Please sit yeah. down. And, and he does. He takes off his mask and tosses it to Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And it is it is one of the best issues of comics I think I've ever read. It is super, super, like it is totally, I, I, like you said, earned. Like like this, what this choice is kind of the only thing that makes sense for him where he's at right yeah. now. Yeah. And Especially it is, for Matt Murdock because, yeah. It is built so much on leading to obvious storytelling choices and then finding natural ways to move against them. Yeah. Yeah. And like the next cover is just him as Matt Murdock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is just, I mean, I'm not a big Daredevil person, but this is just like, I don't care. I don't like, it could almost be any character, but it makes perfect sense for Matt. Right. Um, yeah, like I, I, I loved it. I, I can't put it any other way. Agreed. Yeah. Like this is, this is definitely going to be whatever the, and I'm assuming, like you said, this is the end of the first arc. Yeah, it's this be. is going to be a huge recommend like for a yeah. long time. Yeah. I mean, called shot. This probably winds up on our best of 2019 list. Um, that's not, I don't even know that I call that a called shot. Cause that's almost a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. So I need to read daredevil now. Got it, it is so so good yeah i mean it's like and it, it, i think it shocked me like I, i've enjoyed it so far i have not disliked but it did seem a little i don't want to even want to say dark like like I, I enjoy it seemed maybe a little slow but now that makes sense well and it, it's kind of felt like that very safe kind of daredevil story yeah. you know the 
we're gonna build it on the Miller and the the um he's at DC now writing it, Superman. Yeah, uh Bendis. The Miller and the Bendis yeah. and that sort of like foundation of kind of everything that's happened since Frank Miller right. wrote him. And it's not that and I love it so much for like taking that and because I mean the alternative is you've had like the, the Mark Wade, which is great, but it is so intentionally playing against that that Right. Like, I gotta, it, I it, it always sort of had to be its own contained thing. I, I, it's taken me a while, but I think that may really be Chip's, like, best ability, is to take characters and do kind of these unexpected... Like, they still fits totally within their wheelhouse. Like, it's still very much that character. Yeah. But it's something so different. Well, what he does really well, I think, is find the emotional beats at an in an almost like very I mean it's almost it's almost like what is self-care for this character right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair statement. It, it's personality traits that make that character who they are. Yeah. And it's I mean <laughs> mundane is almost the word for it. Like it's right. the it's the simple quiet day-to-day kind of stuff which I mean I'm thinking about Hawkeye and then I'm like well yeah, of course it makes some sense cuz like Fraction and Chip work on sex crimes together. Right. right. Like, I think there's kind of the common ground DNA of like how do you see this sort of evolve through Marvel comics? Yeah, that could be. Um but regardless, it's super yeah. super good and you yeah. should all go read it. <laughs> we could spend the rest of the episode on that. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy number five, a book I'm excited to get to talk about, both in general because I've been really enjoying this run, and because of like two pages of this issue in particular. <laughs> Meg, who's a good boy? <laughs> I did like the, uh, oh, you're going to call Thor? No, no, fuck <laughs> Thor. <laughs> yeah. Locked There's up. nothing Thor can do that Beta Ray Bill can't. Exactly. Which is absolutely true. Love me some Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> I think I started, like, I think I read issue one of this when I was on Panelology at one point. Because, like, I remember most of, like, starting this, or at least yeah. this group. And uh, now I need to catch up between the two <laughs> issues that I've not read. Um, though it, it, it makes... I mean, I wasn't lost, but yeah, yeah. yeah the um, I'm glad I've read uh, some of Black Bolt. That's who that is, right? That's what he's from. Uh, the Inhumans. Yeah, I, yeah. So uh, many different power people. I don't know anymore. Yeah, no. Lock, Lockjaw is from the Inhumans. He was in Black Bolt. He was in uh, the the stuff that gets referenced directly here was Death of the Inhumans. Yes. Yeah. Can, like, can I just say that uh, that is now my new favorite thing is, I don't know if you realized it, Meg, but you just said the Inhumanes, and somehow I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. I mean, you know. That's going to be Lockjaw's pet Avengers <laughs> exactly team. Exactly right, the Inhumanes. <laughs> Or maybe maybe the pet Avengers have to fight the Inhumanes. I would fucking love that so much. Oh, that's so oh. beautiful. But uh, no, I, I really like. I, it would have meant nothing to me. I just be like, well, that's a big dog. That's a good pup. Good job. But at least I was like, I know who that is. So um, as a go- quick aside, while we were on the subject of good, good murder space doggos. Oh. <laughs> Jen Bartell has done a variant cover for Journey into Mystery number four. That is Thory the murder dog. Thory. And he has, like, got chew toy versions of all the main characters of the book. And he's, like, ripped the squeaker out of Ares. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's so, so so good. I'm not going to lie, if she does a variant cover for something, I'm probably going to buy it. And this is why I bought the Iron Man this week. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, Jen Bartell. 
And yeah. then I was like, oh, this isn't actually like new Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I am hopeful that either stores can just freely order that variant or that she does a print of it at some point. If she does I'm a sure print of will. that, it will end up on my wall. Yes. That's same. Beautiful. Yeah. I need to frame my other two. But, uh... um, but back to Guardians. Uh, the... The the Dark Guardians team that wants to kill Gamora has Gamora now, and the pro-Gamora Guardians team <laughs> decides to go save her, thanks to Beta Ray Bill and Lockjaw. So are there three Guardians team? Or just two? Just two. Which one's There's, Nebula on? Nebula was with the Dark Guardians, making sure that there was not a revived was... Thanos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So complicated. Basically, you have team... Well, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep Thanos from coming back. Right. Led by obvious fall guy, Eros, or Star Fox, if you prefer. Uh, And team, well, if Thanos comes back, Thanos comes back, but we're not going to let them kill Gamora. Led by whiny Peter Quill and really led by Beta Ray Bill. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was really exciting to open this and be like, is Peter Quill dead? Is this why Alex is really (laughs) excited? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't have the same animus toward... I mean, he's no Scott Summers, right? <laughs> I don't have the same animosity toward comics, Peter, that I do toward movie Peter. Okay. I mean, that my, makes sense. My frustration with movie Peter is very specific. Um, comics Peter is fine. And look, I get why he's upset here. His girlfriend <laughs> did just go crazy and kill him. And I get why, you know, he is definitely wearing a chest plate now so that she can't <laughs> stab him through the chest again. <laughs> I mean, at least he's learning. I will give him that. Yeah. He's wow. evolving. That is always that, a good sign. That really does give that whole new meaning to your, your girl just ripped out your heart. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And her excuse was, I've got the Infinity Gauntlet. I can bring him back. I mean, it's not wrong. Um, I mean, there are some questions of bodily autonomy in that still, but uh, (laughs) this is a good book. I think there's consent issues, too. Yes. Well, I mean, the two are related. Uh, And uh, there is, near the end of this, what we will just say is hella plot twist. Yeah. I, I'm glad I picked it up. It was a, a nice point to be like, oh, yeah, I should go back and read all this. I haven't read it, involved. but I think I see what you did there. <laughs> I think you did, especially if you look at the cover. Oh, yeah, I didn't see the cover. But... <laughs> it's got Hella on the cover. Oh, well, there, okay, right. Then, then I did figure it out. How about that? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Um, this is fun. Meg, anything else you want to add on it? Uh, yeah, even if you're kind of fatigued from Infinity Wars and are kind of like me and go in and out of comics because of that, I still think this is worth a read. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. Brian. Yes, sir. Let's talk about Ironheart number six. Oh, yeah. We haven't, uh, when you mentioned that, we haven't talked a lot about Ironheart. Yeah. I well, think I probably th- since issue one, right? And I think it's because like, the first arc of this was super solid, but it was very much like, focused on the central thesis of how do we take Riri and show some of the kind of self-care habits that she's lacking? How do we build this world around her? How do we kind of set her up with her own solo cast and her world outside of the context of headlining the Iron Man book that's playing at, right. you know, it, full, it, full, you know, playing at full continuity. Very, very different characters, very different writing styles, all that. But as far as like what it's accomplishing, it's kind of some of the same things that uh, Unstoppable Wasp does, right? Yeah. For Nadia. Right. And I think it does that all very successfully. We just would have been repeating ourselves a lot. 
Yes. Yeah. This um, issue is a little different, and it's a done in one that kind of ties back actually into Champions. If you've been reading that, yeah, very much so. Yeah, like I'm shocked at how many different things I've read that have that as a kind of key linchpin, like what happened in Champions. Yeah, as kind of a plot point to launch something. It seems like kind of a big deal and also something that's just not getting much conversation or press. And I kind of like that. But like, but what's so is like the more I think about it, the more I think about how, yeah, like if that happened, that would really mess you up as a, as a, especially as a hero. Yeah. Holy cow. Which, so for those of you who don't know, I don't know that it's spoilers at this point because Champions has been out for a couple months. Um, that one, but they were fighting to try to save some people and something went wrong. And specifically one of, there's a girl, there's a, a girl that, um, uh, uh, Miles saves. Yeah. Right. And, and prevents her from getting killed and something goes wrong. And like Ms. Miracle and some other people on the, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said Ms. Miracle. Ms. Marvel and some other of the champions members get killed. Like they, they're dead. Yeah. They get, and Miles has a chance to make a deal with, um, uh, Mephisto. Mephisto to bring them back and does. And the, basically that battle kind of happens again and he's able to do what he needs to do so that they don't, they don't get killed. Yeah. But the person, the girl that he saved before does get killed and he's having a real, real hard time with that. Yeah. And I'm like, and like I said, the more I think about that, the more I think about as a hero, that really, really would mess you up. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And that's kind of where he's at in this. He's kind of gone off the grid a little bit and he's gone just to kind of do his own thing and clear his head. And understandably the champions, because not all of them know what happened as far as the deal with Mephisto goes. Right. Marvel does and Amadeus does but they're worried about him because he's disappeared so Riri decides to go find him go track him down and that's really what this issue is about yeah um and it's got a fun oh you know it's this movie my father used to watch was it Arbor Day Arbor Day that was killing me Yeah. What? Um, she finds Miles and he's in this cabin and every time someone tries to walk out the door of the cabin it resets back to the same day like for him one day has passed and okay. in the rest of the world yeah. 18 days have passed and right. like yeah so that's just... this, yeah Arbor Day right that movie <laughs> my dad liked or something like this yeah amazing some holiday that's not a real holiday I think that's what he says yep yeah. um I and, well and the other thing to remember is Riri and Miles are not exactly the closest nope <laughs> like there's I, I, and I don't even want to say it's animosity between them but it's there's definitely tension there I mean it's it's <sighs> Kind of going back to, like, what I think has made Champions really good since this sort of generation of heroes has composed the team, is it kind of leans into, regardless of who's writing it, it's kind of leaned into that sort of realistic, just because they're teammates doesn't mean they're all going to be friends and all going to get along. Like, they work together, but like, okay, they just don't have that much in common. They're going to go hang with these folks who they do. Right, yep. Um... This was a lot of fun, and did you notice, Brian, at the end, who in number seven Riri teams up with in the next issue? No looking, that's cheating. No, I can look. Oh, I, <laughs> you know what? I did see it. I didn't remember it, and but I, I did see it when I was reading it, yeah. Next issue, she teams up with Nadia. Yeah, baby. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Unstoppable Wasp. <laughs> uh, speaking of Unstoppable Wasp, Brian. Uh-huh. 
I have some bad news and some good news. Oh, no, yeah. oh boy. Oh boy. Um, the bad news is that with issue 10 of Unstoppable Wasp, which is the end of the story that Jeremy had planned mm-hmm. when the new volume was announced and let him tie up the things he wanted to do in the first one, okay. the series will be ending. Here is some good news that will helpfully help ease the pain of this. The following day, he announced that he is writing an ongoing Future Foundation book starring Alex and Julie Powers. <laughs> it's a complicated feeling, isn't it? it? It is. I'm super, super happy about the the Future Foundation book. You heard me say and Julie Powers, right? I did hear you say Julie Powers. I don't know how I'm going to deal without having Nadia, though. Well, if like, only... Nadia is literally my favorite. I Same. Hard same. 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 If only there were some logical way that he could at some point, and there's no, he said point blank, this is not something that's planned right now yet. Yeah. But if only there was some logical way that he could bring... A genius super scientist onto a team of genius super scientists. No idea. Nope. It's not possible. Yeah. Which is awesome, but like... <laughs> no, I know. I'm with you. I'm looking for the I, silver lining, because that's what Nadia know, would do, I know. according to like, Jeremy. Nadia's got enough of her own groups that she's already yeah. dealing with, to be well, honest. Look, he posted this long yeah. this long Twitter thread that I'd encourage you to read. Yeah. That basically okay. is like, look, don't storm the castle, don't be upset, do like go out and buy the trades, and I'd love to do more of this, but it's okay, and, you know, support other books like this right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's indeed by I, his I will choice. always have my Nadia that yes. has been written, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd imagine if he comes up with another arc for her that it won't take too much arm twisting to, to get it back out there. Yeah, I'd imagine not. Moving on to mm-hmm. more Chips Darsky making us feel things. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't oh. think Brian's ready. Damn, <laughs> I think that's like... the first time I've segued and someone's been like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> this book, though. Damn Spider- you, Chip. Spider-Man Life Story number three. God, this is a life story because there's like all the heartbreak in this that's like in real life. So this issue brings us into the 1980s. Uh, We start out in Secret War as Mary Jane is in the hospital giving birth to twins Mm -hmm. with Alzheimer's patient Aunt May. Yeah, Aunt May's having a hard time. And I mean, I think at this point, pretty much everyone's having a hard time. Well, this is true. You're not wrong. Yeah, but I mean, May and this, she just turned 90 because time is keeping up with real time. Yeah. So like Peter's in his late or mid thirties, right? Yeah. He's in yeah. his he's in his mid thirties. He's like and I love like I think probably my favorite thing about this is the scene between him and Reed where Reed says, Hey look, I've run some tests and this the suit you're wearing yeah. is alive. It's it's bonding with you and with your mind. He's like, Yeah, I know. I'm a scientist too. I worked that one out, but you don't understand. I'm getting old and I can't keep up and this suit lets me keep up, so I've taken some precautions, but I need this to keep doing this. Yeah. And okay. Reed, like, doesn't know how to respond, because Reed at this point is, like, clearly, like, in his maybe early 60s. Yeah. Yeah, like, yes. Um. So Reed understands, but his Reed's point was, you don't have to be a superhero. You're making, because Parker Industries is a thing, and apparently it's doing gangbusters yeah. and wonderful and all this, and... 
and it's he's important. like, you can make a difference in the world without being a superhero. And it's important to remember that Reed, through his yeah. own superhero bullshit, drove Sue away. And right. he's trying to warn Peter before Peter does the same thing with Mary Jane. And what happens, Brian? Uh, He drives Mary Jane away. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so yeah, he, so he comes back from secret wars and uh, Mary Jane is there and she's like, let me introduce you to, uh, to our kids, uh, Claire and Benjamin. And I'm like, Oh, good news. Um, news. And while they were gone, while all the superheroes went away, the cold war escalated and uh, Russia decided that while all of the superheroes were gone from the United States, they would launch an attack. I mean, this issue is also Watchmen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> straight uh, in up, that respect, yeah. Straight up yeah. Rorschach is in this issue. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, there's a, and, there's Rorschach in his, in his mask off civilian, the end is nigh sign in, yes. a, in the background of a panel. Yes. Um, well, and, and I mean, John is kind of here too in Vision. Yeah. Because literally, so the when Russia launched it, they basically launched it with the technology to phase so they couldn't stop the missile. Well, so Vision goes up and tries to stop it by phasing to the same whatever and can't stop the missile, but he's able to deflect it from New York into Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so it goes off and he is literally <laughs> at ground zero when it goes off. And now he is just, he's phased and he's not moving and he's not doing anything. And he's just standing there in this. So basically, yay, New York, fuck Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't know. But just outside of Allentown. I, uh, yeah, I think it was literally a like a numbers thing, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you know, Peter drives again. Peter drives Mary Jane off by not being there and not you know paying attention to the family. And as he runs off, we, 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 we did get an earlier part of this where there's a uh, newspaper cover where there's a spider band in a black spider suit with a gun, like a rifle, murdering someone. Yeah. Right? And That's so Craven. Yeah. And this character shows up and it turns <laughs> out it's Old Man Craven. Um, and Craven is like, I- I've got cancer and I'm dying and, you know, you're not the hero that you used to be, et cetera, et cetera. And what essentially happens is... Craven shoots him and kills him. Well, doesn't quite kill him, but shoots him and buries the rest of him alive, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the symbiote, which uh, he had Peter and Mary Jane had, yeah. right, had taken off of Peter, uh, breaks free and goes to him and revives him and is full-blown venom at that point. Yeah, and so they hunt down Craven, and Craven is like, "Good, I finally turned you into what you now need to be." And Craven goes off to die, and is about to kill himself. And the symbiote shows up to bond with Craven. I think, at least or, I'm assuming that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, which is just I can't imagine how bad that's going to be. Yeah, but oh, it's, oh, mm, it's too much. And we're coming up on the '90s. God, no joke. Yeah, and then Peter will be my age. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Too real. Too real. <laughs> I don't like this, Chip. You so made it too real. An entire issue of Peter and the uh, superior foes playing D&D. That's all the 90s <laughs> one is. Don't worry. I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, such a good book. Meg! Yeah, that's me. Tell me about Star Wars, Age of Rebellion, Lando Calrissian, number one. So, I thought this was an ongoing, like the start of an ongoing, but I think we've established that these might just be one-offs. 
Yeah, we haven't talked about any of the Star Wars Age of Blank on here. There's Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance, and Age of Republic. Okay. Um, and each of them, I think, is just a set of one-shots set in those different periods in yeah, looks Star like Wars history. Boba Fett's out. Uh, there's going to be a Jabba the Hutt, a Luke Skywalker, and a Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just kind of like a quick in the life of... Lando, um, he's just working himself to death trying to get money so that he can support his people. Um, and it's just never enough. And he gets offered this opportunity to make, I think, 17 billion credits or something like that, which would keep his people fine for 100 years with, like, no issues. Um, and it seems like too good of a deal to be true. And usually when it feels that way, you know, maybe it actually is too good of a deal to be true. But... Um, Your dog was just flapping his ears in the most hysterical and adorable way. Do you see yeah, him I was just burrowing at the moment? Yes. Yeah. Hi. Yes, it's I mean, about you. It looked like he was about to achieve liftoff. He was flapping <laughs> his ears so hard. They're, they're his dragon ears. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about you. Yeah, there um, you go. Sorry, it was adorable. That's okay. That's and we have to we have to interrupt the show for dogs every now and then. Yeah, see, he he knows that you're talking about him, which is why he is not fully going under the blanket at the moment. Yeah. He's like, I want the attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Um, Lando's a character that I've always loved, so just getting a little bit more of you know what he's doing. Uh, I, I is this pre Darth? I'm not entirely sure if this is pre. Uh, Empire Strikes Back or not. Like, I don't know where these line up at all. Yeah. Um, but it is good to see that Lando, despite all it's everything about him, you know, that could be bad, is a good guy at heart and still just so charismatic, though. There is a Lando miniseries that came out a few years ago. I think Charles Soule wrote it. It was Alex Maleev on art. Okay. Set pre-New Hope. Right. It was like him doing a heist on what turned out to be one of the Emperor's private ships. Nice. It was very good. If you like Lando, I really recommend that. Yeah, I've uh, I recent so I started. Uh, oh, sh- I can't even remember where I started, but anyways, this led me back to uh, Darth Vader. So I'm currently slowly reading the Darth Vader run um, that is out at the moment. Do you know which run? The, the Kieran Gillen or yeah, the yeah. okay? All right. Um, and so yeah, like I've got I think, so many comics shipped out from the library that I need to sit down <laughs> and read and return. Um, so yeah, I, part of me as a kid, I really wanted to get into the extended universe and, and, and my parents wouldn't let me read those books and I still don't know why. Um, and I wish I had because I feel like I've lost some of that like love and want to read the extended universe and I'm trying to find that again. And yeah. Lando is, is a good character for me to, you know, be like, oh yeah, this is why I like Star Wars. It's not yeah. always a war. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of the same way. I read... Like, there was a children's, like, YA series that was set pre-Phantom Menace that was Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Oh, nice. That was, like, a series. I remember reading some of those. I don't think I ever finished it. In fact, I'm not sure it ever, like, I think it might have just stopped. I think they might have just stopped making them. Um, But that's, like, the only extended universe stuff I ever got into until Marvel took comics license. I'm like, okay, I can jump in this easily now. (laughs) Yeah. My friend Ryan's going through all of it, and it's interesting it, it really is and and i really hope i know they're taking a break after the movies but i really hope that the public supports expanding outside of that one storyline yeah so. well they said recently i guess nine is going to be kind of the last skywalker centric movie uh-huh. yes 
and that they're taking a three-year break and then in 2022 coming back with like another six star wars movies okay um i think the implication was like another trilogy and then some more one-offs i hope one of them is dr afra dr afra oh. needs same. to be on film same i've read the yes. the first volume and got yelled at that i needed to go back and read darth vader <laughs> So that is that is where I am at the moment. I mean, I feel like Space Indiana Jones with sadistic robot pals. Yeah, I love is box her office pals. gold. Yes. Yeah. Like anytime I'm like, why am I reading this? And I open it, and and her drones that are just straight up killing machines, like they just yeah. don't care about things. Yeah. It's so funny. And I love it. BT so. and Triple Zero, yes. Yes. They are wonderful. Um, but yeah, this Lando is great, and it is just a kind of look at like, hey, being a politician kind of sucks. <laughs> so, um, and he does the right thing at the end. That's always All good. All right. Yay. X-Men roundup time. Yeah. We're going to start with Uncanny, because we read, we all have read it. Uncanny X-Men, number 18. <sighs> Man, somebody manipulating them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and like you get an obvious who it would be and then it turns out to not be that person. <laughs> yeah. It's like, damn it. Um, Come on, Matt. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> I will say as someone who literally jumped into Uncanny this week, I started with eleven, even though I know that the, the new volume starts at seventeen, which is only one issue back. Mm-hmm. You cannot start there. Like no. it's just not no, gonna make it. I would sense. agree with that. Yeah, no, you can't. But starting at eleven, at first you're like, something big happened, but you don't quite need to understand that to yeah. get all of it. So I mean the something big was simply oh, I, everyone I, yeah. Dis- yeah, everyone disappeared into I'm assuming Legion's brain. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know exactly, but that's a fair guess. Yeah. 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 It almost doesn't matter though. Right. No. Um, um, so what happens in this one? More people die? Yeah, they they go to confront the Marauders, and, um, things don't go so well. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Uh, essentially, they, all the Marauders get killed at the end. <laughs> um, they, they, they burn up. Um, but, uh, Harpoon stabs Jono and kills him also. So, like, a lot of people die. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that they got the Marauders got set up because it wasn't really them. It was really Mr. Sinister who kind of made it look like it was them. So there's a huge battle with Mr. Sinister and... Who gives up? He just, oh, well, you know what? I'm good. I'm out. Well, That's right. You're super powerful. Oh, twist my arm. Yeah, well, Havoc kind me. of... Havoc overloads himself and <laughs> unleashes this massively huge blast at him. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're stronger than I expected. Okay, I give up here. It's like, what? Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. Something he he is trying to get in there. Did you read this, Alex? Yeah, I did. did. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only one we all read, right? Yep. Yeah. And it and it leaves Alex in like this ghost kind of state. Yeah. Yeah. Which is gonna be a thing. And Shan ends up leaving. Um, Which did so well for the last person who left. Yeah, right? Not so great. But uh, so it, things real. essentially what you need to know is things are really starting to fall apart for this team. Yeah. Logan uh, also leaves at the beginning of oh, the Oh, yeah. Issue. Logan yeah. leaves at the beginning. They're, the place they were staying, Mr. Sinister has blown it up, literally, the bar. So it's gone. So, like, literally everything is falling apart. And then on the very last page... We find out who's probably really behind all of this. And also we learn that Captain America, as we have seen him, is not Captain America. Yeah, that made me very sad. Yeah. I mean, I love me some Cap. Yeah. Um, um, 
And also they don't remember who Emma Frost is. Like it is an interesting, there's a lot of throughout all of this where they're like, I don't know who you are, but we're going to do this anyways. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised I don't know who Emma Frost is of all people. Well, clearly something's been done to make them forget, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and that's who we, I mean, I guess spoilers, right? But we've kind of already led to it at this point. I mean, the cover. Um, yeah, the cover tells you. Um, it, it's Emma Frost as the Black Queen. Black King. She's the Black King. Oh, the Black King. You are correct. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and with Mystique. Yeah. Yeah. And that's who is manipulating everything behind the scene. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Oh, this is going to be good. I yeah, mean, it already is say, good. It's gonna it's gonna keep being good. Yeah, yeah this payoff's gonna be good. Okay, Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about our two Age of X Men books this week? Next Gen and Marvelous X Men. Yeah, so uh, we get Next Gen number four, which is um, the extremists find and the X Men find out about the fact that there's some students who are not being mind wiped on a regular basis like they're supposed to be. Um, and they start after them, and uh, Anoli basically goes to a library, and just kind of through some story that you're given, you think that basically he's going to uh, maybe like graffiti it to, to like do this, but at the end we see it blow up, so... Uh, yeah, so the, the, the kids are, you're in this weird places where you don't know if they're like starting to become actual terrorists or if they're just, you don't know exactly what's happening or where they are at this point. You just know that they know things aren't right and they're trying to figure out essentially what's going on, what they need to do. The kids are not all right. The kids are not all right. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Sir. Um, and then we get uh, Marvelous X-Men number four, where um, essentially that same kind of thing is happening on a very individual basis to different members of the team. Um, you've got Colossus essentially leaving because when he went to go grab Kitty at uh, at this uh, thing where they were trying to stop uh, uh, them from, from you know basically the, another rally, another peace rally they were having. Um, he touches Kitty, but phases through her. And when he does, he remembers everything and remembers his relationship with her. The Um, one thing we all just want to forget. Come on. (laughs) You've got, uh, you've got X-23, uh, saying that, you know, I swore I would never fight again or, or commit violence again. And now I'm having to, and I don't know if I want to make that choice again. So maybe I don't need to be part of this. You've got Nightcrawler fighting his feelings for Megan and... And all of that. And then you've got Gene, who is seeing what are essentially kind of like cracks in this reality back to memories of what happened in the real world. And so it it, kind of makes sense that this might be Legion's mind, because it would make sense that those are cracks that are forming to his memories of what happened, maybe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so of course one of the things one of the, through one of the cracks she sees Scott and that kind of triggers her. And so you've got like I said, you've got all of them As it in a place us. where they're they're doubting. And it, it, we're at number 4 or 5 of all of these right now. So it's building to this breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. War of the Realms. Same thing. Ooh, start. Yeah. We'll start with War of the Realms, and then Brian will tell us about some other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, golly, this main book is really, really good. Um, 
we get we get all of we get a lot of the teams returning in this issue with the reinforcements that they went to the other realms to gather. Yep. So we get some dwarves, we get some uh, light elves, we get some old gods, um, we get uh, spiders. We get spiders from from uh, uh, Niflheim. Don't worry, the Death. spiders are pretty chill. Death spiders, yes. <laughs> I was like what? They rescue Thor from uh, Jotunheim, and yeah, so they got they've got all of these reinforcements, and then Hela basically has sent them all back and is standing. Uh, Freya. By, I'm sorry, Freya. I said Hela. Freya is has sent them all back through the Black Bifrost and is literally um, holding off the dark elves of uh, from gaining the Black Bifrost by herself. Yeah. Um, and you know all of the, the the heroes all get back and they see they have their reinforcements and everything and they're like, well, can't we go back through and and help her and and close it from here? And Odin is like, no, you can't. There's no way for you to force your way back through if she doesn't want you to. And they're like, well, then we can't do anything. He said, no. I said you can't. <laughs> yeah. So and he gets a new suit. He does. We what, find uh, out what what do uh, elves in in this what do dark elves not like? They don't new like suits. iron. Oh. Correct. And so he gets we, an iron red what, suit. We find out what Shuri and Tony and um I can't remember the dwarf's name who works on Screwbeard. Who, uh, Screwbeard. Who? Yeah. What they've been building because we saw that last issue that they yeah. were working on something. Uh, we find out what they've been building and it's a new weapon for odin and it's essentially iron iron allfather yep yes he is in this golden glorious iron man suit with one eye (laughs) with one eye (laughs) yes and he forces his way through and shows up next to hella and (laughs) um uh, is it actually Hella this time? No, God, it's still Freya. I keep saying okay. Hella. Why do I keep saying that? I don't know why. Because um, she showed up earlier. No, I, I I just, for some reason, my brain just keeps saying that for some reason. <laughs> it's all the, um, like, dark energy she's crackling with. Maybe so, maybe so. Um, if you're looking uh, for a Norse god who's that emo, Hella's one of your main contenders normally. Okay, that, that could be. And, and maybe it's maybe it's because she's in her dark phase. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, so... It's goth up. Freya. <laughs> goth Freya, I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, so he shows up and he's like, "Well, we may not make it through this, but we're gonna basically take all of these wo- all these damn dark elves with us, and I'll see you in hell, Freya, and then I'll kiss you like you've never been kissed before." She's like, "Damn it, we've been married thousands of years, and now you finally do it. What's that? What have I done? You finally turned me on." <laughs> Ouch! Is that your quote of the week? It is not, but I, I did have to share that. But that is not the quote of the week. That's yeah. so good. Um, yeah, so, and then we see them basically, essentially, at the end, uh, they don't make it. No. And then no. Jane Foster, all mother, is giving a rousing speech to get everyone ready for battle. Yep, and, and does a good job. And she's like, all right, and with the Avengers in the lead, and you hear this, no, there's only one person that can lead this army in this particular fight, and it's Thor. And he walks in, and he's got a hand and he's got an axe and he is back in back in form he's ready to go and that's where we end this particular yeah this book is so um, much fun but but the black bifrost is destroyed so there's no traveling between the realms right now yeah no reinforcements can come in no one can they can't escape right so for a big crossover event this always seemed to be kind of hit or miss from what i hear this one seemed sounds like it's doing all right this one i'm very much enjoying yeah cool and i like how 
All of the tie-ins, which I'm going to talk about two of them in just a minute, for the most part are completely not required reading. Okay. But they're not a hundred. They're not extraneous either. Like it, they tell their own stories. It reminds me a little bit in structure of Civil War, actually the first one. Yeah. Where yes. you the the main series is just kind of the big necessary beats. Right. I think this is more successful as something where you can just read the main series and it still makes sense though that's um because i do think i do think kind of the more you read the bigger picture you get and i do think of the tie-ins i've read they feel more they feel less shoehorned and more like a part of the story which is why i go back to the civil war comparison yeah um but i like i said I, i don't think you have to for it to actually be cohesive and i i'd argue with the original civil war there were some times you had to read, or it wasn't going to. There make were a sense. few, yeah, and, and a, a perfect example of this, like like right now, Squirrel Girl, right? Like she's been given this one, this mission to go do this thing in Canada, and like the three issues that are of her series that are tied into this are completely her doing this thing that's a separate, that's this own piece of the story that if you didn't read it and didn't know about it, would not impact anything in the main story. Yeah. Okay. But it's cool and it's its own thing. So basically they're using this as jumping off points to tell other stories that are happening at the same time. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, And speaking of what we'll talk about... Two other ones. One is uh, Strike Force. Oh, three. I'm sorry, you're right. Giant Man is also there. Correct. Uh, we've got Strike Force War Avengers, which is while the teams were going out to accomplish their different things, destroy the Black Bifrost and gather these uh, reinforcements to help and uh, rescue Thor. Right. Um, Carol takes any basically anybody she can find that's left behind to go fight and defend what's left of Midgard. Um, And she ends up with Natalie and Bucky and Deadpool and Venom and Weapon H, Captain Britain and Sif are the the (laughs) ones who uh, end up as part of this. And she talks about how it it does start with a super, super awesome uh, Deadpool couple of pages. Nice. Where literally Deadpool is uh, fighting lava sharks. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I got to tell you, nobody likes the fact that you can put six bullets in something skull and it doesn't die. Okay. Just don't do that. <laughs> and they chase him. And so he, he gets them to chase him out over a cliff and dives into the Pacific Ocean. As one and, does. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it turns out that doesn't kill them when they die, when lava sharks dive into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Like he was hoping it would. So he get he gets eaten, and the next thing he knows, you hear the slice, and he comes out, and Namor is there. <laughs> so it's it's there's there's a lot of good tie-ins, but essentially it talks about how Carol's talking about how as a soldier, sometimes your job isn't to win the fight. Sometimes it's just to hold the line and delay the enemy until the everything else can get into place for you to win the war. Right, and that's yeah. kind of where this team is having to fill that role. Um, but again, it's a good little one-shot story that 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 is fun and good adventuring and lots of different heroes. But yet, you know, again, if you didn't read it, you can still understand the main 
where their own storyline and you'll be just fine. Yep. I enjoyed it. Uh, the second one is uh, Spider-Man and the League of Realms. And this is the one I talked about last week that just the, 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 the lineup in this is the reason that I wanted to read this. So it's Spider-Man leading a team of a light elf, a dwarf, uh, an old god, a troll, and a giant. Do they all walk into a bar? They do not all walk into a bar. Um, as a matter of fact, they all walk into a, uh, they all walk into an angel infested city (laughs) (laughs) and they think they're hidden from the sight of the angels but they're not (laughs) they should have also recruited christopher lloyd and then all of these all of these uh they start this giant battle with angels and there's a apartment building that like gets threatened and Spider-Man goes to talk to the people that are in it to save them. They're, he's like, you idiot, you can't endanger. Because these are all people from other realms. Like war is like a normal thing for them, right? So they're not like even really almost concerned about potential casualties. And so Spider-Man goes and does this and talks to them and finds out where the angel leader is. And then clearly has been spending a lot of time with Ms. Marvel lately because he takes a note from her playbook and instead of fighting the leader of the angels, he talks to her. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, I, th- this, this, mm, this might be one of my favorites of these kind of side stories so far. Cool. I, I just like the, the crazy dynamics of these different characters and particularly Spider-Man in this is, is awesome. Cool. And Giant Man. Yeah. And then we have Giant Man, which is um, <laughs> Freya sends Scott Lang uh, and Raz uh, Maholtra, I, a.k.a. Giant Man, and Tom Foster, a.k.a. Goliath, and Eric Jostin, a.k.a. Atlas, all to on a secret mission to infiltrate a Frost Giant headquarters. <laughs> so they all grow to 65 feet and paint themselves blue and... <laughs> cosplay as they say the blue man group yes as as frost giants and they try to go infiltrate this and things start (laughs) things already start going badly yes but it's like just the idea of (laughs) hey we'll get all these we'll get all these characters that can grow to 65 feet and make them pose as giants that's excellent (laughs) yes yeah it's 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 pretty good and it's you know it's Scott Lang, so you know how you, you know how goofy it gets. Yeah, yeah. All right, time for is it still good? Calamity Kate number three. We learn about Kate's split with her wife and uh, how Kate wound up in town hunting monsters. Batman number seventy one. Brian. Uh, yeah. So this is post nightmares and we are left in this one with a very unsure and unsteady footing of whether Bruce is sane or not and if what he's seeing is real or if what people are telling him is real Bruce continues in the age-old tradition of hitting his robins <sighs> Rough. Just uh, I know high not level. inaccurate, but rough. Yeah, high level number four, Brian. Oh my gosh, so good. Um, our main character goes to Pleasure Island and has to solve a mystery. Justice League number twenty four. Batman gets a new suit. <laughs> Naomi number five. Oh wait, wait, wait. That's got my quote of the week. Oh, Brian's Justice League does. quote of the week. So, quote, quote. um. In the sixth dimension, in the last issue at the very end, the Legion of Doom rescued the Justice League from Apocalypse. Like you do. Like you do. 
Um, and they're all going, and basically they tell the heroes, you know, we, we're going to sacrifice ourselves to get you back to Earth, da-da-da. And, you know, they give a rousing speech and all this, and finally we're at the end. And I goes, know exactly what this is going to be. John, don't let our light grow dim, ever. Thank you, Thal. Diana, always remain true. Sisters in arms, always. And then Grodd goes, Flash, I still hate you. <laughs> Thank you, Grodd. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Naomi number five. We finally learn where Naomi is from, and her past comes back to haunt her. Superman, number 11, Brian. Um, Rogal Zar help, uh, gets help from Zod to escape the Phantom Zone, and the three generations of L males uh, are caught in the middle of a giant three-way war that he has set up. And Teen then, Titan. Get, they get they get a surprise some surprise help at the end. It's not a surprise if you read her book. Teen okay. Titans number thirty. Brian. No no no, I meant they're good doggo. <laughs> not a surprise if you read her book. Oh damn it! Okay. Literally every variant for that book mm-hmm. is her and crypto. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. Right. Why do you think I've been buying all the variants? <laughs> Teen Titans number thirty, Brian. Uh, we get the fallout of uh, what Emiko did to Slade at the last one and the rift between the team erupts uh, into actual conflict farmhand number eight Jedediah learns that sometimes you reap what you sow you're so proud of that bud no one else is reading this book so proud I am Guys, read this book. Amazing Spider-Man number 21, Brian. Speeder. Um, Speeder, man. Speeder, man. Speeder. <laughs> it's Speeder. Can I call Can I call Peter Parker Spider-Man that all the time now? Speeder, man? Speeder, yes. Um, I'm going to say no. Oh, if only fine. because every time I'll have to suppress the urge to go, Speeder, I hardly know her. <laughs> yeast. Um, Did you just say yeet? I say yeet. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. Brian, are you having a stroke? Do you smell toast? <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> you smell fudge where there isn't any fudge? That's right. That's nope. a different problem. Yeah, there's an <laughs> artifact around here somewhere, isn't there? Um, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Our timely Warehouse 13 references. <laughs> That's timely, <laughs> That's it. We should do a Warehouse um, 13 podcast. Uh, yeah. I never finished that show, but I mean neither. for it. Lizard, uh, Lizard makes a incorrect guess about something. Black Widow, number five, Brian. Um, Natasha wraps up her dealings in Madripoor and inspires the next generation. This is the end of this mini-series, by the way. Oh, it was a mini-series? I didn't realize Yeah, that. yeah, it's five issues. Yeah. Cool. Immortal Hulk, number 17, uh, Brian. Oh, God. Um, let's see. Um, I'm glad I can make you explain Immortal Hulk so I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is the most horror version of this book yet, no doubt. Um, really? Oh, oh yeah. God, yes. Um, well, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. The uh, this is an aside. The username for the computer that he, he finds the username and password, and the username is Geiger. If yeah. that tells you, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, Peter's other other alternate ego, or I mean, Peter, Bruce's? Uh, Bruce's other other alternate ego, uh, turns out to be just what's called for in this situation. Star Wars number sixty six. We learned that just maybe, maybe, you don't want to get into hand-to-hand combat with Princess Leia. Sweet. Morning in America, number three. Uh, As it turns out, yes, there is some crazy cover-up happening involving these giant flying monster things that are abducting kids. And maybe it has something to do with a popular YA sci-fi book that's going around. Livewire number six. Livewire gets schooled. Next week's books to read. There, next week's books to read. Woohoo! Hey, Mag. <laughs> Sorry, that's the first time I've heard the jingle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I reused the melody and changed the words. Nope, I appreciate it. Yeah, I am nothing yes. if not efficient. Hey, Mag. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell us about a book called Unstoppable Wasp number eight. I mean, I don't have a clue what's going to happen in the book, but I can tell you that if you were only kind of sort of considering reading this, jump on. Like, I did the first five in trade, and when I picked up the trade, I immediately grabbed issue six and was like, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and do this issue wise. So um, my, my goal is to be caught up by the time that eight comes out because it's so good. Like, it's so good. There are people that, because Alex like harped on this and, and I finally read it and was like, ah, oh, you're so right. And there have been people that I've been like, you should read this that have come back and been like, oh my God, this is so good. Why is not everybody reading this? And you should be. I mean, I have literally never gotten anyone to read it and then been like, why? Or that was just yeah. okay. Yeah. No, it, there's no one that has that, that has read this that has not liked it that I know of. Like Nadia's just so freaking positive and it's just so, I love it. So, so good. Yeah. Brian, mm-hmm. Invisible Kingdom, number three. Oh my gosh, this is G. Willow Wilson and... I really, really, really like this series. Like, the setup is really good, and the characters are different, uh, and I want this next one. Awesome. Uh, Frindo, Volume 1. We talked, I think, about the first issue of this, maybe. Uh, This is a Vault comic series about... A dude who gets a personal assistant, like, digital AI kind of thing that that Mm -hmm. is projected in a way where he can see it or whatever. Um, And he gets the ad-supported version of it and then is, like, hit by electricity and it goes insane and turns evil or something. Um, The first issue was really, really good. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of this in trade and finding out what happens. Um, that was fun. Yeah, Meg. Yep. Buffy Volume 1. Yeah, um, go continue to support this comic. I think it's excellent. I love all the variant covers. It's the first time I've ever felt like Brian, where I'm like, I have to buy them all. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I just... My my feelings for Joss Whedon aside, I just think Buffy is such an important uh, character. And I just think they're doing a lot of things better than, than even the 90s show. And I am still a big fan of the 90s show. Did you pick up the free comic book day issue? I did. I haven't read it yet. Okay, it's fun. I finally have figured it out is, how to yeah. organize my comic issues. And I've been having fun with that. And then I will sit down and probably take a day um, on Memorial Day weekend and just read comics cool. and do nothing else. Yeah, I, I describe what happened in the issue to Brian and Jen last week. And apparently there is a thing that happens that's very important based on their okay. reactions that I had no mm-hmm. idea of. Well, All I know yeah. is there was a bunny. There's, oh, is it an Anya issue? It's an Anya issue. Yes! yes. See? Anya's the best. 
Uh, Brian. Yes. You have a common thread between your two books for next week. I do, and then there might be a reason for that, yeah. Wonder Woman number 71, also written by... Ms. Wilson, yeah. Or G. Willow, yeah. Um, I, I, we talked about this last week. I, I can't express how much I have enjoyed this art of Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so fucking good. It's just so good. Um, I, so I, I want more. And the fact that she's traveling around with Aphrodite just kills me. Yeah. <laughs> Aphrodite, who has yet to put on pants. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Long t-shirts are all she wears. Aphrodite and Nadia Van Dyne would be good friends. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Faithless number two. Uh, this is the weird sex magic miniseries that oh, we talked about, about a while this. back. Okay. Uh, that ended in uh, lots of worms. There were lots of worms, and I'm curious to understand why and what happened and what happens next. Also, you. Uh, speaking of Nightcrawlers, <laughs> Nightcrawler number four. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's issue four or five. It's, you know, I personally like Nightcrawler. Um, but on top of that, I just finished another, um, uh, Shauna McGuire just had a new book come out that I thought was fantastic. And I am like a hundred percent on board for supporting her as much as humanly possible without getting creepy. So, um, yeah. Cool. Did I see on Twitter? I think she mentioned that. Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, is getting like a new number one and a new volume where she goes to college in the 616. I yes. did not see that, but I would not be surprised, except for I'm really tired of them starting over at number ones. But I'm all for more Spider Gwen, whatever, and. Yeah, and I think yeah. this, I, I think this does what I, I, I talked about a few issues ago with Spider Gwen is I think it's going to be hard because that's such a character that just is demanding to be teamed up yeah. with some other characters and she's just so removed being on a different earth than everybody else that we know yeah it's tough yeah. They, they did a disservice there well I mean it's I like the solution of let's send right. her to college there because on the one hand, I do think I do think it's not the right way to bring Gwen Stacy back to life in the six one six, like for right. Spider Man purposes. But and and it, and it avoids closing the door to seeing alternate versions of characters from her Earth because that's been part of the charm of her book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, yeah, absolutely. As popular as the character has gotten, I think it is important to get to see her as a part of continuity. Yeah. Outside I mean, just... of Spider Geddon and Spider Verse, yeah, uh, right. on a related but different note uh i i i have to let you know and jen if you when you listen to this i did order the the tour t-shirt for the mary janes that includes the <gasps> oh shit that ended Atlanta yesterday god damn it and the uh, uh 40 watt club in athens i forgot to order as locations that. they played that sounds Fuck. so cool um yeah i i wish i hope marvel is taking note i like i one of the networks that i follow uh, for Infinity Wars did like a whole Marvel um, bracket and uh, like the first post was kind of like who's your favorite character and so many people just listed straight up all these great female superheroes and it was one shocking in such a good way and two like I just don't know how to beat it into like stop canceling our super women yeah. comics and let us have them and and let us be fans like sure yeah I love Spider-Man and 
and and you know all those guys but i am more willing if you put out a number one with a superwoman of some sort on the cover i'm more likely to be like yeah okay i'll give another superhero a try at this point and i've yet to with marvel be disappointed in their super those superwomen that i've read so yeah. they've done a very good job like building out these characters. I will say two things that hopefully will, will give you hope for this one. I think Marvel is doing a good job of building awareness of and, and, and fandom for these characters in, I'm going to say non-traditional comic spaces, which is to say like not direct market comic shops. Mm-hmm. Like the reason unstoppable wasp came back, the reason moon girl and devil dinosaur is still going part of the reason squirrel girl is still going is because these are books that sell well at like book fairs and they're releasing versions of trades that are targeted specifically at that market they've got the the marvel rising stuff that's got a whole merchandise line you can walk into target and buy spider gwen and miss marvel and squirrel girl costumes for your kids yeah i mean Um, i do like that they're they're gearing it towards kids i just that's in my mind a strong line to walk where you're saying that's Super female superheroes are only for kids, well, and I I'm f- afraid that they're going that way. I'm not saying that they necessarily are, but it's just something that they need to watch. No, I I I, I think that's totally valid. I to me, I see it as let's build as as building readership that is in a few years going to have purchasing power and be able to then come in and buy individual issues if they want. Like, I think it's, 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 I'm hopeful that it is not just that. And that it is like a ground up. Let's, let's have lifelong fans of these characters. Well, um, I mean, let's be fair, you know, the traditional boys market, you know, where they used to market toys for, for boys and toys for girl, whatever. Like there's always been in book fairs and stuff, you know, the Batman and Superman and Aquaman books like, like this. So sure. Do both. Well, and the other thing too, is like, there are market statistics that show that because comic shops in general can still be pretty, antagonistic or at least condescending toward women who come in that more women who read comics tend to buy them digitally or through mail subscription or mostly through collected editions in actual bookstores um so some of it i think is just looking back at what's the market doing the other thing the second thing uh and i don't think i've said this on the show i worked free comic book day at my comic shop that i go to earlier this month and the most frequently asked question i got from people was hey my daughter just saw into the spider-verse or Mm -hmm. captain marvel what should she read for more of that because she wants more like hands down that was the question i got the most and it made me very happy yeah i mean i do also like i I, free comic book day i spent with a lot of people going to a lot of different stores and a lot of the talk was you know that comics are geared more towards adults and and there are things that they need to do to bring more kids in and if that's what they're trying to do 100 percent on board you have my total support I just am there's a lot of lines and this is the reason I don't work yeah. in marketing or for a comic book shop or anything like that. But um, I'm excited yeah. and I think Marvel is doing really well. I know DC is trying. Um, they've got a YA series that's coming out that has a bunch of the the female yeah. um, characters as young adults and things like that. It's not doing as great. Well, um, they've they've got that. They also have two new imprints, Ink and Zoom. Yes. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. One is all ages 
ages and one is YA. Right. And I, mean, I think it'll just take a little bit of time for those to build. The YA one. I think the Mara one is doing well. Mara? Mara? Mara, yeah. Mara. Okay. The Mara one's doing pretty well. The next one, that's the YA line. Right, that's Ink. Yeah. It's, that's the only one that I've seen actually doing well. Yeah. I think the Raven one's come out and it's doing okay. Um, well, the Catwoman came out last week. Yeah. And I don't think that one was doing great in pre-reviews, but we'll see how it goes. And then there's Harley Quinn and Meg Cabot is writing one that I cannot remember yeah, who she's the, writing. Uh, uh, Meg Cabot's writing uh, Black Canary. That's it. Yeah. On art. Yeah. That's right. I am excited for that one. Yeah. So I am curious about one decision they've made with the YA line. The, the, the All Ages line is fully colored. The YA line is like monochromatic ink washes. Both of the books that have come out so far and i'm curious why that decision was made if that is a line-wide decision because that does kind of telegraph a this is an afterthought almost we're not gonna hire a colorist i don't even know if it's that or if it's a decision of uh, almost like a, a a a edgy or rough like that's like a statement that this is a different thing than just comic book or i mean realistically it could just be as simple as it's cheaper to print that way so we can sell it at the yeah, fairs well, at a lower price could be point. who knows right who knows? it could yeah. my guess is it's probably that i i just feel like printing them differently yeah. makes them come across as less well, important size wise they're different as yeah. well which is but that's i mean that's yeah. definitely a marketplace decision like yeah. the reprinted wasp and all of that are at that same smaller like yeah. book fair size yeah that's true um anyway uh yeah. massive tangent aside i guess uh like, I don't know. I find the publishing side of stuff super interesting, personally. Um, and yeah, I get what you're saying about just aiming female characters at kids. And I, I I, could see that Breaking Bad, at least the free comic book day thing, that's an event that in its origins is aimed at kids. So that right. doesn't that doesn't make me as nervous. But No, it, it's just me I, speaking aloud. I think everything that is going on right now is really, really good. Cool. Yeah. I'm just hoping they're thinking more long run than yeah. short run. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, anyone have anything else to add before we outro? No. Okay. Meg, thank Not you me. for joining us again. Yeah, thanks Always. for having me yeah. back. Where can people check out more of you? Uh, I have a blog. It is meggriffin.com. That's three G's, M-E-G-G-G. Um, that is where you can find my blog. You can find all my podcast information. Um, you can also find any podcast that I've been on. So um, it is just a one quick, easy stop. So Meg, does that mean uh, does that mean you're broadcast over 3G? Is that what that is? Uh, no, but I do like that. I might have to steal that because, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Um, we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at panelologypodcast.com. If you would like to support us, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can share us with friends. Or if you would like to support us financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash panelology. Uh, if you want some merch with our logo on it, you can go to bit.ly slash panelology merch. P and M are capitalized in that. If you are going to be at Momocon this weekend. on Specifically on Friday. Yeah. Friday at 11.30 p.m. You can come see a panelology live show. If you are there, please, please come. That's late at night. And who knows how many people will show if you are coming or not either way you can ask us questions if you are coming you can ask us there 
Uh, if you want to make sure that your question gets asked and you'll be there, you can go ahead and send it to us either through our website or by emailing us at panelologypodcast at gmail.com and just let us know we'll be there. You'll be there. If you're going to do that, let us know if you want us to call you out or not. Please. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially if you don't want to walk up to a microphone but do right. want your question asked. Correct. That's how to send it. If you won't be there but have questions for us, Go ahead and send them to us. We'll give the people who are their priority. And if we've got more questions, we'll just answer them on the show at a later date. Um, but questions are super helpful for us at our live shows, especially if late at night we have a small audience. We don't know. We've never done one this late before, so we don't know yeah. how it'll go. Turns out when you tell the organizers, yeah, we'll do a show at any time, they fill their slots that they need filling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a fun experiment for us, but also a terrifying one. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I know a couple of people that are going to be there. So that'll yeah. Be cool. That's good. Uh, and I think we've got a good lineup of books to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, if you want more of Meg and Jen and me and occasional guest ghost Tim, check out Minds at Yerk, our weekly, bi-weekly, rather, our bi-weekly Animorphs reread podcast. We are smack in the middle of the David trilogy right now. And if you know what that means, you are probably excited to listen to it. So go do it, please. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Go read comics.